0: Day edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are ready to be learned up today because I sure am, and we are ready to go. We are ready to go, but before we go into what we are going to talk about today, let's make sure to go over to housekeeping items first. Make sure to follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram accounts Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram accounts the Logan Blackman Show one. Facebook and YouTube, search The Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you like and follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also go to com to check out our blog post. We will have a blog post. I, I've been, you know, we talked about the mock draft. We talked about the mock draft a couple weeks ago at the start of the year. We were going to do a year, new year mock draft. The mock draft is coming, may, might might come out sooner rather than later. We are looking at either this Monday or the Monday that we originally scheduled, which was the Monday after the Super Bowl. I don't know which one would be better, so it's either going to be come out on the 5th of February or the 12th of February, which isn't that weird? We are already in February. It feels like the freaking year just started. Like, I remember doing that show where we went over the mock draft and that we were going to do a mock draft Monday. We were going to have all that stuff out, and it just didn't end up happening because so much other crap went on that weekend when we were supposed to <laughs> be releasing it. If you remember that episode, good on you. But also, the main thing you have to do here is make sure to follow and subscribe. To the Apple Podcast and or Spotify accounts. If you have an iPhone, make sure to subscribe to the both. And if you have an Android, just make sure you subscribe to the Spotify account. And make sure to leave a rating on five stars on both. Doesn't necessarily need to be a five-star rating. But, you know, I'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating more than a one-star rating. But if you don't feel the show is up to snuff, you leave a review how you see fit. Just let me know why you feel the way you do down in the description below. And man, oh man, oh man, I got some feelings today. Speaking of feeling like stuff, if you feel like this show's not up to snuff, let me tell you how I feel about this football season. Absolutely shite. (laughs) This is one, and I've said this before throughout the season, this is one of the worst NFL seasons that I can remember in recent history. This is the most unanticipated Super Bowl that I can remember in recent history. Like, I am not pumped up for this Super Bowl in the slightest. I they, there's no real reason why like I despise the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, but the 49ers I have really nothing against them. They have a bunch of people from the state of Iowa on there. They have Brett Purdy obviously. They have George Kittle. Like it's fun to see. I want to cheer for them. But I'm just not excited for the Super Bowl. Like if I would have been had the Lions made the Super Bowl, I don't even care if the like if the the Ravens made the Super Bowl, cool. That wouldn't hurt my feelings. I like the Baltimore Ravens. I like Lamar Jackson. I like all that stuff they have going on over there. Ed Reed's my favorite defender of all time. I loved what the Ravens have done since moving there from Cleveland in 95. It's been a very fun ride for them over there. Especially given that their original franchise, the Colts, tucked away in the middle of the night and took on some Mayflower buses or Mayflower vans and took took their ass to Indianapolis. Like, they deserve this. They deserve to have the success that they've had since they've come back to the NFL fray. But if the Chiefs beat the Ravens, that's fine. As long as the Detroit Lions made the Super Bowl, that is all I would have wanted. That's all I wanted was the Detroit Lions. In reality, that's all I really wanted was to see the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. Isn't that insane to think about? Well, I shouldn't say. I didn't even say what was insane. <laughs> you know what's funny to think about when it comes to the Detroit Lions? The Lions were the first ever 0-16 team in NFL history. The first. Yes, there were teams that went winless before. Like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when they became an expansion franchise, they went 0-27. Their first Or 0-26. I can't remember what the exact record is. 26 or 27 games. But, at that time, they only had 14-game seasons. So it wasn't that they were just... They weren't 0-16. Yes, they had the longest losing streak in NFL history, but the first team to go 0-16 in a singular season was the Detroit Lions in 2008. With a quarterback room filled with Dan Orlovsky, Drew Henson... <laughs> And top 50 quarterback of all time, Dante Culpepper. Those are the quarterbacks they had on this team. I think they had more. John Kitna might have been there as well, but I think he was hurt around that time as well. And then obviously they got Matthew Stafford first overall in 2009. And what's even crazier to think about, Calvin Johnson was on the 0-16 Lions. Like when you think of terrible-ass franchises, terrible-ass teams, you usually don't associate a Hall of Fame player with with said terrible-ass teams. But Calvin Johnson was on this 0-16 team. He was on the first ever 0-16 team in NFL history. In history, Miles Garrett almost got it. Miles Garrett, no, Miles Garrett did. Miles Garrett's first year in the NFL was 0-16 Browns. <laughs> the first year of his career in the NFL was the 0-16 Browns. And if you if you start... Calvin Johnson's second year in the NFL was the 0-16 Lions. Because so he got drafted in 7 He was drafted second overall behind... Guesses, everybody? Five, four, three, two, one. Jamarcus Russell. Yes, you all got it. But like as bad as Jamarcus Russell was, I'm sure Calvin Johnson at that time would have loved to trade places with Jamarcus Russell. (laughs) I'm sure he would have liked to do that when the Lions were going 0-16. But Miles Garrett, his first year in the NFL, getting drafted first overall in the same draft as Patrick Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky, uh, John Ross. There's so many great players in that draft. Christian McCaffrey. That's the same. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. Because the top 10 in that draft, if I remember correctly, a little bit of a tangent here, sorry. But we're talking about the draft, and they get all excited to talk about the draft. We'll talk a little bit about the NFL draft later on in the show. But that top 10, I believe, was Garrett 1, Trubisky 2. Number 3 was Solomon Thomas, who got drafted by the Niners if they traded back with the Bears to go second overall, because the Bears were at 3 originally. And the 49ers used the old tactic of, hey, Chicago, hey, Ryan Pace, hey, Matt Nagy, or not Matt Nagy, hey, John Fox. Uh, There are a lot of teams trying to trade up to the second overall pit because people forget this, that Mitch Trubisky was not only the first quarterback off the board, he was in the running to be the first player off the board. I think people kind of forget that, that the Cleveland Browns were actually thinking about trying to choose between Mitch Trubisky, (laughs) and Miles Garrett. And in hindsight, that is really funny. But even at that time, it was kind of humorous. But Mitch Trubisky was seen as the guy that could be a franchise guy. I'm pretty sure he's from Ohio, so the Browns wanted that local kid back. And they had a second first-round pick. So it was like if the Browns didn't take Trubisky one, they were going to try and get him later in the first round. Because no one in their right mind thought the Chicago Bears would be taking Mitch Trubisky first, second overall. No one thought the Chicago Bears were gonna be taking a quarterback. Most people thought they were gonna take Jamal Adams, who obviously went to the Jets at six. And this is kind of funny. We didn't talk about this last show, but I definitely wanted to bring it up. I was I've been on this like weird tangent of I mean, this is like insanely off topic, but I've been on this weird run recently where I'm watching like old, old not super old, but like six, seven, eight years ago videos of drafts. Like I'll go I'll go back and watch the NFL. Like, I'll watch the entire 2018 draft. You can go watch that on YouTube. The 2017 draft is also on YouTube. And there's a Path to drafts are really fun to watch. You can watch, like, 1985, which is Bruce Smith's year. 94 was a fun draft video. Obviously, there's videos surrounding the 2004 draft, which is Eli Manning and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. That's a fun one to watch. But I've been watching talk shows. This is the first time that I've done this, where usually I'll go back and try to watch drafts back. This is the first time I've gone back and looked at videos of people talking about drafts and just seeing how they age. Like, that's the fun... That's some. That's something fun that I like to do. Maybe it's weird, I don't know. But that 2017 draft was an interesting one because, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, who's now in the conversation to not only be a top-five quarterback, but be one of the greatest of all time, was in this draft. And he was the second quarterback off the board, 10th overall to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch Trubisky obviously went second. But Peter Strager who's on the NFL Network, who does a lot of stuff around the NFL Draft, and a lot is a connected person when it comes to the NFL. He's an NFL insider. This was his first-round mock draft. Or not first-round mock draft, the first-round quarterbacks for his mock draft. And this is where it gets like really fun to look back at things like this. And I'm not saying my drafts were perfect by any means. This was the first year that I actually started following the NFL Draft on the Logan Blackman show. The first year of the Logan Blackman show was 2016, my freshman year of college. In 2017, the NFL draft, we started following that. We made mantras, we didn't post them anywhere because I didn't I didn't even think about making a Twitter account for the show until my sophomore year, and that's where it kind of turned into what it has been. But the 2017 draft was a very interesting one. It's a very fond time in my lifetime. But this one's really funny, this mantra that Peter Schrager did. the four, So he has four quarterbacks going in the first round. He has four, and we're going to go in reverse order here. So the first quarterback in the reverse, so going from 32 to 1, the first quarterback that I'm going to say (laughs) is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes going 25th to the Houston Texans. And I'm assuming this is without trades, because obviously the Houston Texans traded up from 25 to 12 to select Deshaun Watson, who ends up going number 13 of the Cardinals. So one pick after he originally gets selected, or actually gets selected... So Mahomes goes 25th to the Texans, Watson goes 13 to the Cardinals, Mitch Trubisky goes number 6 to the Jets, which if you remember what I said 5 minutes ago, the Bears were expected to select Jamal Adams, so this is basically just flipping first round picks between the Bears and Jets. This is if the Jets end up drafting Mitch Trubisky. But the number 2 overall pick, not the Bears, the San Francisco 49ers, is this is the other quarterback in this draft class. I, like I did with Calvin Johnson or Jamarcus Russell, I want you to take a guess on who Peter Schrager has at the number two pick in the draft and the number one quarterback in the draft as well. And this is not just me roasting him for the sake of roasting him because the NFL draft is such an insane thing to try and predict. Like, no one knows what's happening. It's hard as hell to predict trades. That's why I always talk about Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft last year before the 2023 NFL draft, because he had the Houston Texans trading back up to three to select Will Anderson. Like, I didn't think that was even in the realm of possibilities, and that happened. At the time, that was widely scrutinized, but now the Texans obviously won the division, won a playoff game and all that stuff, so who's the ones laughing? Both Stroud and Anderson are Ricky Deere candidates. But the number two pick in the draft is Deshaun Kaiser, per Peter Schrager's mock draft. Deshaun Kaiser going second overall, to the San Francisco 49ers, Mr. Trubisky going 6th to the New York Jets, Deshaun Watson going 13th to the Cardinals, and Patrick Mahomes going 25th to the Texans. Now, let the record show, I was never a big fan of Deshaun Kaiser. I know that's easy to say now because he was obviously the starting quarterback of this before-mentioned 0-16 Browns, but I wasn't a fan of him. Brian Kelly wasn't huge on him leaving Notre Dame early. And that just struck a nerve with me. I'm not going to sit here and say either that Patrick Mahomes was my number one quarterback because he wasn't. It was Deshaun Watson. But I understand why Deshaun Watson went last. He was battling some knee injuries. He was a little bit older. And he had, you know, had the most experience. Trubisky is one of those people that he played only 13 games at North Carolina. But he had all the physical tools, the physical makeup to become something. He just got drafted by the worst possible franchise to develop into an actual quarterback. But I just think it's funny that Deshaun Kaiser, quarterback of the 0-16 Browns, second round draft pick, goes second overall. In this year, in this draft, because at the time, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I don't remember that ever being a rumor that Deshaun Kaiser was going to go in the first round. I don't remember that. (laughs) I could could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I don't remember him being in the conversation for first first round pick, let alone being the first quarterback off the board. Everything I saw around that time was Deshaun Watson and Mitch Trubisky, which makes it even funnier given the predicament that we are in now. (laughs) And when I say predicament, I mean the Patrick Mahomes era of the NFL. Like, obviously we had the Tom Brady era in the NFL. Now we are entering, or not entering, we are reaching the peak of the Patrick Mahomes era in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, since taking the, okay, we'll go, I have something else to talk about with Patrick Mahomes, but we'll start. we'll go to that later, because it connects with the person he's playing in the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that later. Hopefully I remember to talk about it. So I usually don't. But Patrick Mahomes, since taking over as a starting quarterback in Kansas City, in 2018, so remember, he started one game his rookie year. It was the last week of the regular season against the Denver Broncos. Alex Smith started the entire season. home star, one game against the Broncos. I, I don't really remember anything from that game. I remember sitting down and seeing some of it, but I don't really remember a whole lot of it. Obviously, he went on to win the MVP. I think throw 50 touchdowns in his first year as a starter. Like, insane stuff. Lost the AFC Championship to Tom Brady. Crazy stuff for a first-year first year starter for a franchise that had struggled at winning at home in the playoffs across the past 20, 25 years. But, man, we are here now. Since taking over, he has been to six straight AFC Championship games. Six straight. Hosted five straight AFC Championship games. He has now been to four Super Bowls in six years. In six years. Let me repeat that. In six years, he has been to four Super Bowls. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. He's won two of them. Lost, obviously, one to Tom Brady. But it has been to two of them. One, two of them, sorry. Like, that's just crazy. That is insane stuff. That is absolutely insane stuff. And I got nothing but respect for the guy. I hate him. But I have nothing but respect for the guy. It's, It's just crazy how things can go from this guy was projected to be the 25th overall pick in the draft. And this is just some random mock draft. This isn't how every mock draft was looking at the time. I haven't looked at Mayox or like Daniel Jeremiah at the time. He was not the main guy at the NFL Network, but he was still there. But I haven't looked at Mayox. I don't remember what Mel Kuypers were at the time. But this is just the one that I'm looking at because I watched a video about it. And it's just crazy to look back in hindsight that Deshaun Kaiser was at one point, for some people out there, seen as a better quarterback prospect than one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's absolutely insane to think about. What's more what's more insane? The fact that the the, the Detroit Lions, when Owen 16, the first ever 0 16 in NFL history, had a chance to go to the Super Bowl, or the guy who was projected to finish, or the guy who, in a mock draft, was projected to be the last pick of the first round, and was three quarterbacks after, a guy who went 0-16 in his first NFL season. And it didn't really get much better than that. I wish I could say it got better for Deshaun Kaiser, but it really didn't. <laughs> it really it really didn't. I feel bad for the guy, but it really didn't. His head coach said he wasn't ready to go to the NFL. And yeah, that was blatantly obvious when he set foot in Cleveland. It was blatantly obvious. I remember people were actually pretty excited about the Browns draft because they came out with J- David Njoku as well. I think Jabril Peppers was in that first round. You traded back with the Texans. Which, in hindsight, we remember when we did the Top 5 Dumbest? Like, we went over random franchises and we did Top 5 Dumbest. One of the dumbest moves the Browns did was trade back with the Texans at 12. Because they could have just taken Deshaun Watson. But now they paid him and traded for him all this money. They gave him a massive guaranteed contract. And now we're going to have a quarterback controversy between him and Joe freaking Flacco. Unless Joe Flacco retires or whatever, the owner steps in and says, no, we're playing Deshaun Watts because we have got an unforgivable amount of money (laughs) on this guy. We need him. We need to have some sort of return for our investment. Like, that's the only way I could see it. Like, it's it's just crazy how things change over time. And how, like, even in a few months, our opinions about certain players will change. Like, completely. It's so crazy. Even in a day, in an hour... Things about football and sports and how our brains are now wired make us change our opinion seemingly so quick about one after one specific thing. Like Lamar Jackson, I feel for the guy, I do. He shit the bed on Sunday, long and short of it, long and short of it. He did not play very good. And to be honest, the game should have been worse than what it was because Rasheed Rice scored a touchdown – that was called back for a very soft holding. Then Chris Jones was tripped in the end zone, which would have been a safety. Because penalties in the end zone are safeties. So there's nine points off the board there. If the Chiefs didn't get ultra conservative randomly, then this game could have been worse. Because I think on the touchdown they got called back, I think the Chiefs went for it on fourth down and didn't get it. So they didn't even get any points from that drive. Like this game could have been worse than what it was. And I say the same thing about the Bills game. Like The Ravens, like the Bills, I shouldn't say it was like the Bills game, but like the Bills, the Ravens did have some opportunities. Zay Flowers fumbling at the one freaking yard line. You had an opportunity to do that. Lamar Jackson had opportunities to run and did not take them. And what did we talk about before the show on Friday? Or during the show Friday? What did we talk about? Lamar Jackson hears everything. He has made that abundantly clear throughout his entire career in the NFL. Since 2018 to now, he has made it abundantly clear that he listens to the noise. He does. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because it's really funny when they win, he talks shit to the person that said it. He said it to Mike Florio after the 49ers game. And then he wore the white sleeves against Buffalo because some announcers said that his skin matches the ball. And he went on to beat Buffalo. This was during his MVP season. He wore long white sleeves during that game. Like Lamar listens to the noise and he will talk shit or back it up 99% of the time. But this was not one of those times because he listened to the noise so much that he tried to prove that he could beat the Chiefs as a passer. He tried to prove it because there were so many times where he could have just run the ball where he normally runs the ball and he just didn't. There's a clip on Twitter right now where there's an open gap in the middle of the defense, in the middle of the odds line, you want to know what happened? He didn't throw it. He was looking to throw it. He got strip sacked. Like he got so much into the. Chris Jones said, "Where I'm, this is assuming I haven't heard Lamar say anything about this. This is what from what I gathered about Lamar Jackson. Chris Jones says, if we make him throw, we're going to beat him." Taylor Lewan on K. Adams' show says, if you make Lamar Jackson throw, you're going to beat him. He was listening to that. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Because he was waiting to talk shit to everybody. And I've been right there with him laughing at everybody. Because remember, he beat the Dolphins Had a perfect passer rating against the Dolphins. He's had three perfect passer rating games in an NFL career, two of them against the Dolphins. But this game was not one of those games. It wasn't. The Ravens O-line got beat up the entire game. The run game, apart from even with Lamar, was not there. There was a portion in time when Lamar Jackson was his second-leaning receiver. Zay Flowers got about 80% of his passing yards, and then another percentage was to himself on a pass that should have been picked off, and he picked it up for a 13-yard gain. Like, I don't know. I was rooting for the Ravens, obviously. He had a beautiful touchdown pass to Zay Flowers in the first quarter. I think it was the first quarter, first half anyways. Beautiful touchdown pass. Escape pressure, backed up, lobbed it, beautiful throw to Zay Flowers. That was about it, really. The pass to himself was awesome, because you never really see that. I mean, Brett Favre's first pass in his career was to himself. Now, granted, it wasn't for 13 yards. It was like for negative three. But still, it's funny to see that kind of stuff. Like the Dolphins with Robert Hunt caught the ball when he got batted down the line of scrimmage. He scored that touchdown. He flipped upside down. Like, that was funny, though it didn't end up counting for anything. It was funny or cool, like, something to talk about. Like, that was not supposed to happen, <laughs> and it did. But the Ravens just got beat. Travis Kelsey argued he played the best game of his career, to be honest. He was catching everything. Because, like Lamar Jackson, I'm sure Travis Kelsey heard, hey, Kyle Hamilton, this guy's pretty good. Second-year safety, I think he was an All-Pro. I might be mistaken. I'm pretty sure he was an All-Pro. One of the best young safeties in football. 6'4", massive dude. Somehow fell to the Ravens. Well, not somehow. We know why he fell, because he ran his 40, like, (laughs) zigzags. Which we said was stupid at the time. It's even stupider now. But, like, Kyle Hamilton was guarding Travis Kelsey. You want to know what happened? Travis Kelsey caught every single pass thrown his way. 11 for 11. Some passes were simpler than others, but there were some that were just Travis Kelsey. One of the greatest tight ends of all time. Top two. And to some people, he's not two. To me, he is two. But to some people, he's not. And by that, I mean, he's number one. For those of you who needed help on that. But like the back shoulder throw. One of the I, one of my favorite plays in football when it works is a back shoulder throw. If you listened to this show during the regular season in college football, you heard me wax lyrically about Roma Dunze at Washington and Michael Penix at Washington <laughs> and their back shoulder throw connections. When it's on... It's one of the most beautiful plays in football. It's one of the hardest plays to do, but it's one of the most beautiful when everything works out. And Patrick Mahomes, it's Patrick Mahomes, connects on a backstraw to throw to Travis Kelsey in the end zone. Then we got the play where Patrick Mahomes rolling out, rolling everywhere. He lobs it up, takes a shot, and Travis Kelsey makes a diving catch to pick up a first down. And then Patrick Mahomes' knees almost freaking explode on one hit. I don't know how he didn't get, I don't know how he didn't tear both of his ACLs or like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know how it happened. Legs aren't supposed to bend like that. It did not look very comfortable. And at the time, I'm not even sure he knew what was going on, but I'm sure he's watching back like, ooh, how did that even happen? How did I escape with both my ACLs intact? And maybe they aren't. Maybe they aren't. Maybe he's just playing off. <laughs> maybe he's just playing it off. But, good good lord. The Chiefs were just better. Simple. 17-10 to 10 is not really fair to how much the Chiefs dominate. And the Ravens' defense, they came to play too. To be fair, like they made some big stops. We talked about them stuffing them on fourth and one. Talked about that. Chiefs, again, went ultra conservative during random portions of the game. But, hey, Ravens' defense came up with stops. And, yeah, they just couldn't get it done. I think it could have been worse. I do think it could have been worse, but the Ravens' defense, I thought, given the the I don't want to say magnitude, but I guess that kind of works. Given the fact you're playing the Chiefs, Mahomes, Kelsey, again, they've been to three Super Bowls to this point. They're the top dogs in the team in the in the league. Most people out there are actually, I would imagine, like I was I was picking this surely off of vibes and what I want. <laughs> it was the Ravens. But I also did think the Ravens would win this game because they're at home, good environment. You got Terrell Suggs, you got Ray Lewis, you got Ed Reed all there. Like, it's going to be an awesome atmosphere. But then the other people that used their brains and said, hey, this is Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. This is different. It's just different. It's just different. And it is. I can't even really say anything against it. But, man. There were signs, like, Lamar... Missed some passes over top. He threw the ball in the triple coverage. Got picked off in the end zone. And I've seen a lot of clips about that not getting called, which I don't know. I, I don't like that pass interference call anyways. He bumped him. And then he got the one where he got the holding call on Isaiah Lightly again, or pass interference, whatever you call there. But the ball's like 15 yards out of bounds. I, all I've seen is the back angle. You don't see the actual game angle because the ball goes out of bounds. It's not like it's anywhere near him. I understand the rule of the holding call because there's times where the ball doesn't even go anywhere near the receiver and we get some stupid BS defensive holding call. It's happened to the Bills a few times this season. <laughs> but do I think those are penalties? I guess. They're not really, they're not egregious. Like the Rams versus Saints NFC Championship game pass interference. That is an egregious penalty. That is an insane non-called penalty. I love how Jared Goff handles it. Jared Goff just literally goes, did they call it? No, okay, it wasn't P.I. <laughs> and he starts laughing after every time he says it. But I don't really think there was anything that skewed it towards the Chiefs. Again, the Chiefs just were the better team. And like I said, there were multiple plays in that game or penalties called or not called that end up screwing the Chiefs too. They had nine points taken off the board. For two penalties that weren't – one was a penalty that got called – or one was a penalty that didn't get called, and one really wasn't a penalty and got called. Very soft. They threw the flag on a screen pass in like .2 seconds. I've never seen a flag get thrown that fast in my life <laughs> from with from snap flag. That's pretty much what it was. It was a soft penalty. But, you know, we're in today's age. Everything's got to be rigged. Everything's got to be staged. And those people are just idiots. That's the long and short of it. And it's always the people that don't actually watch the games and they watch the solely watch the the stuff people post on Twitter and then take it as gospel. Like, that's what really pisses me off. Like, as somebody that despises the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't take anything away from this game. I can't. I really can't. But you got people on Twitter that are whining and bitching about every single call, non call made throughout this game when the Chiefs could do the exact same thing. But, since the Ravens lost, the Ravens' clips are going to get tweet more traction than the Chiefs' clips. Because the Chiefs' fans are usually responding to the Ravens' fans <laughs> or calls that the refs missed for their side. And like I've talked about with my friends numerous times this year, this has been the worst year of refing since the replacement refs. For the entire season. It's been the worst year of replacement refs since the replacement refs. These refs have sucked ass all year. There is nothing new about this. Like you remember the rough and the, the horse collar call the Bills got against the Philadelphia Eagles when Gabe Davis is standing right there and it turned into be a rough it turned into be an intentional grounding call when it hit Gabe Davis on the top of the shoes or the intentional grounding call with Gabe Davis on an option round with the kicking unit was already on the field. Like that stuff. And then I've saw people complaining about Zay Flowers taunting penalty versus Travis Kelsey taunting. Travis Kelsey's just yelling at people. He's not pointing and yelling at people. He's just getting in the face of people like most people do in NFL games. Taunting is what Zay Flowers did by the rule because Josh Allen got a 15 yard penalty and a taunting call against Cincinnati Bengals. Why? Because he pointed at a dude laughing at him. Zay Flowers spun the ball in Jerry Sneed's face after pushing him on the ground. That's a penalty. That's how I'm not saying I agree with it, but that's how they called that penalty. It's how they've called it all freaking year. Like, if you go to someone's face and do that, it's a penalty. But when you're just jawing back and forth with somebody, that's not a penalty. But you get those clips on Twitter, and then people start running with it like this game was rigged for the Chiefs. Like, I've seen the the conspiracy theorists can't get enough of this game because there's a win-win for all conspiracy theorists out there. Because before the game, it was that the Ravens were going to win because of the color thing. Because remember, the the Super Bowl passed two Super Bowls. Out of the 50-plus that have been before, the past two, the colors on the logo were the same colors the team's playing. Ooh. Not because they're actually better teams, no, because the colors. So it was the Ravens and Niners who were going to make the Super Bowl. But now, since the Ravens lost, we have to have a new conspiracy theory because that one was proved bullshit, which we all knew the entire time. Now we've got, oh, it's Taylor Swift. They had to get Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl because, as you know, the NFL, famously low-budget league, struggles to make money, definitely didn't have enough interest in the Super Bowl anyways, the biggest global event for the United States sporting system. Like, if you're comparing the NBA Finals, the, M- the World Series, the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, in regards to a global audience, the Super Bowl, Matt beats it. I'm not comparing it to the World Cup, Champions League Final, all that stuff. I'm not doing that. And I, like I said, I'm le- the least hyped for a Super Bowl this year than I've been in any year previous. Any year previous. I've, I'm not excited for the Super Bowl. I don't think there are a lot of people are, apart from Cheese fans and Iowa State fans because you're going to see Brock Purdy in Super Bowl. Apart from that, I'm not sitting here like, oh, I can't wait for the Super Bowl. No, I don't care. At this point, I'm cheering for the, the 49ers because <laughs> I cannot take Another stupid conspiracy theory that has no basis apart from vibes. <laughs> That's pretty much it. There's no. It's always the people that don't watch football either. Like I saw people saying the NFL was rigging this game for the Chiefs, the Ravens, uh, Ravens Chiefs game. And the two people that I saw complaining about it are these verified people on Twitter. They have these political backgrounds and all that stuff. I clicked on the tweet. Both these tweets, the only ones I engaged with, not engage isn't the right word because I didn't respond to any of them, but the ones I clicked on, they both said they didn't even watch the game. What kind of stupid-ass narrative are you trying to push? You didn't watch the game. And then they also said, I know nothing about football. In these same tweets... And you're going to sit here and say that it's rigged. You don't even, you can't prove it's rigged because you have no idea what football is. Have you ever watched Remember the Titans? (laughs) That is what acting looks like when you're trying to act out football. You can't do it. You can't. There's too many human emotions in football. There's 53 people on an active roster. 47, 48 people are on the team game day. All of them are actors. (laughs) All of them. All of them are in on it because none of them have families. None of them are going to get bullied on. So- Tyler Bash deleted his entire social media. Is that because it was part of the script? Is that what it was that he get death threats from random people? Is that what it was? God, I, it, it drives me insane. And I might have some connections to those stuff too. So that's what makes it even more insane. But it's just, they're so baseless. It's insane. And when you push back on them, it just like, isn't it obvious Well, no. What's your proof? Well, isn't it obvious? I Shut up. It's so so stupid. It's so stupid. Oh my God. But back to the game itself. Um, Lamar, he, again, like I said, he's probably going to win MVP and he's going to have his two MVPs. But, uh, yeah, don't, I I don't want him compared to Josh Allen no more. I don't, I don't want to see it anymore. I really don't. And I like, again, I love Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is one of my favorite players in the NFL by an extremely wide margin. Like, I've always said, Lamar Jackson's my QB2 behind Josh Allen in regards to favorite players. But let's do this. Let's do a little conspiracy. Not conspiracy. Let's do a little game. Let's do this. Combined, Lamar, Burrow, Tua, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert, when their playoff starts... 25 touchdowns, 13 picks. Combined, those five. Josh Allen, playoff stats. 27 touchdowns, four interceptions. And yet, I heard Josh Allen doesn't step up when the Bills need it most. Unless I completely missed it, did they say anything about Lamar Jackson needing to step up? I heard Shannon Sharp say something about it, and guess what somebody said right after that? Oh, you are just con- you got something against Lamar Jackson because he played with some kids during his fundraiser. Oh, that was what it was. It wasn't the fact that he actually played like ass. Lamar Jackson, six playoff games, six touchdowns, six interceptions. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Lamar Jackson's 2019 MVP season is one of the greatest seasons in NFL history. It is. That's why he was the second ever unanimous MVP. One of the greatest seasons in NFL history. But you cannot justify any reason. I, I have yet to actually, <laughs> in talking to my friends about this, I have yet to find somebody actually give a reason for why Lamar Jackson's the MVP of the league, apart from the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. I had a friend watching the NFC Championship game say you can't bring playoffs into this. I can and I will because it's not close. It's not. And so we talk about narratives going, come and go. But Lamar Jackson being the MVP this year is ridiculous. And I know the, I'm pretty sure the voting ended after the regular season anyways, but still it, this is ridiculous. Why did that? Why does the NFL world not hate on Lamar as much? Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I'm completely missing it. But I didn't see anybody... All I heard was the Chiefs rigged the game. There's all these stupid calls for the refs. I didn't hear it. I saw some memes about it. But that was about it. 27 touchdowns, 4 picks. He has a 1.1% interception rate in the playoffs. In 10 playoff games. He has 4 interceptions. Lamar has 6 and 6. And he lost to Josh Allen in the playoffs. If we want to go that direction. Like, come on, 29 total touchdowns this year. Really? That's the MVP of the league. I think he had some good games. The latter parts of the season against the Niners, the Dolphins, he played really well against the Houston Texans in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah. And you don't even want to compare The thing that really helps this argument is that Josh and Lamar played the exact same team. Both had the exact same situation. Lamar Jackson played the Ravens on at home. Josh Allen played the, the Chiefs at home. Josh Allen scored 24 points. If he doesn't get bumped on the throw to Khalil Shakir, they probably win the game. If Stephon Diggs didn't spend the whole offseason crying about how he doesn't get the ball, maybe he catches the ball. A 70-yard dot. Maybe Trent Shurfield catches the ball. Maybe Tyler Bass makes a field goal. Maybe all these things happen. And guess what? I haven't even brought up injuries. The linebacking core of A.J. Klein and Dorian Williams. <laughs> but Josh Allen, three touchdowns in that game, scores 24 points, puts the team in position to win the game, and they don't. And all I heard that week was, Josh Allen doesn't step up in big games. Choke artist. That's why he can't win the big games. He can't. He can't do it. But Lamar, oh, the refs. It's the refs versus the Ravens. Even Zay Flowers said something about it. It's like the it's like George Pickens again. Like, do you forget that you fumbled the ball? Like, <laughs> Zay Flowers fumbled it the one. George Pickens fumbled it without even getting touched in the playoff game against the Bills. <laughs> and the next thing they do after the play, after the game, refs. Like again, I like Lamar Jackson a lot, but come on, man, it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy, and I love that Josh Allen gives a double bird to the Pro Bowl. Because I don't know if you saw this, Gardner Minshew is going to the Pro Bowl and plays of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> if that doesn't tell you how much of a shit show joke the Pro Bowl is, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. Josh Allen literally said, F your Pro Bowl, I'm going to go to a golf tournament. He's done this the past three times. <laughs> he's not gone to the Pro Bowl the past three years because he's declined his invitation. Last year's I think was more for injuries, but he still went to the Pro Bowl anyways. Like, Mac Jones has made a Pro Bowl in that time. Gardner Minshew now has a Pro Bowl. Tyler Huntley has a Pro Bowl. But Josh Allen keeps denying his, so Josh Allen technically only has one Pro Bowl. <laughs> and he's got to go play golf instead. Oh, my God. And yet, and yet, <laughs> he's an MVP finalist. And yet, he's an MVP finalist. Oh, my God. See, I can make a fairly decent Josh Allen argument for MVP. I have yet to really hear one for Lamar Jackson. Like Josh, I can say leads league in touchdowns, leads league in yards. Four straight season, 40-plus touchdowns. NFL record for games with a rushing and passing touchdown. NFL record for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in NFL history for a season with 15. Fourth division title, four straight division title for the Bills came back after being 6-6, six and six, go back to win the playoffs, go to the playoffs, not only go to the playoffs, win a playoff game. Yeah, I can make a fairly decent argument for Josh Allen winning the MVP. But, but turnovers, but turnovers. Yeah, he doesn't lead the league in turnovers. And even then, like I said after the Dolphins-Chiefs game, I would take Josh Allen throwing the ball from the 30 all the way to the opposite 10 to get picked off rather than dump it off, have him dump it off in fourth and 18 and get five yards. Yeah, I would much rather have the interception. Like, what is Lamar's thing for winning MVP this year? What is it? Again, he has 29 total touchdowns. He has as many total touchdowns as Josh Allen has passing touchdowns. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I I can understand Chris McCaffrey. That one makes sense. He had a monster year. He had the league in the NFL in regards to position players in total yards. Again, I've never fact-checked this one, but I keep seeing it leads the led the league in rushing every week of the regular season first time since 1995 with Emmitt Smith one of two players to have over a thousand yards receiving and 400 yards receive or for a thousand yards rushing and 400 yards receiving the only one's James Cook I'm not putting James Cook in that category at all so don't don't get it twisted like he's the only one I can really see like I don't care about Dak well no, no. Purdy yeah Purdy had a good season But come on, what kind of resume are we building here? (laughs) This is like the easiest MVP vote in the past few years. And yet we're going to sit here and say it's not Josh Allen because he has turnovers. Which again, who gives two shits, really? If he led the league in turnovers, sure, you might have a case there. He still leads the league in touchdowns, yards, four straight division title, four... Four straight forty-plus touchdown seasons, NFL record for a season for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. But the guy who did it, and I, there are going to be people that watch that Chiefs game and still say Lamar Jackson's better than Josh Allen. It's ridiculous. It's, I, like I heard Ryan Clark who said on ESPN <laughs> that that Josh Allen or Josh Allen is not he's doesn't step up in big games. He didn't step up when the Bills needed it most, and then he went on today. And I didn't hear him talk about Lamar Jackson. Again, if I missed it, I apologize. I heard him say Joe Burrow's the only real competitor here. Do we need to go back <laughs> and revisit Joe Burrow's playoff stats? Do we really need to do this right now? Do we really need to do this? Because I will. Because like I've said 100 freaking times, Josh Allen has more touchdowns, same number of touchdowns in one playoff series than Burrow has his entire playoff career. They each have nine Joe Burrow has four interceptions in the playoffs, nine touchdowns. And this is passing. Josh Allen has 21 passing touchdowns and four interceptions in the playoffs. So they have the same number of touchdowns, or interceptions, sorry. It just happens that Joe Burrow has 12 less touchdowns. But sure, let's go back and look at that Chiefs-Bengals game again, that finished in overtime, where the Chiefs completely fell apart in the second half. And they went for it on fourth down to end the first half and didn't get it. Here's the Chiefs second half drive here. Okay. Here's the Chiefs. Five play drive punt. Five play drive punt. Two plays interception. Three drive play treat. Three play drive punt. Three play drive punt. Fourteen play drive field goal. And that forced overtime. So one drive and then a three play interception. In overtime. And then Joe Burrow got the ball, and that's his game winning drive right there. That's the game right there. Joe Burrow in the second half. Uh, threw one touchdown, but the next drive he threw an interception. After the Chiefs went three and out, like, this is what we always say: Joe Burrow's defense has stepped up massively for him in the playoffs. His defense has more passing, to, has more touchdowns in the fourth quarter than he does. But Joe Burrow will get credit where Josh Allen doesn't, because the Bengals beat the Chiefs. That's what it is. Joe Burrow is not better than Josh Allen in literally any metric apart from accuracy. I will give Joe Burrow accuracy. Joe Burrow is probably the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I will give him that. I think Joe Burrow's a top five quarterback. I'm not saying he's not. But let's stop this stupid charade we're doing right now. Because the Bills haven't beat the Chiefs. The Bills haven't beat the Chiefs. Again, the fourth quarter in this game for, for the Bengals against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game uh interception and then a field goal after the touchdown in the wait was that even a Joe Burrow passing touchdown okay it was a two-yard passing touchdown from uh Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase Josh Allen almost had a 70-yard touchdown pass (laughs) he got dropped and it doesn't help that the Bengals beat the Bills in the playoffs last year Joe Burrow didn't really do a whole lot in that game because the Bills left their defense, left their receivers wide ass open the entire time, and Josh played like shit in that game. That did not help anything. Josh played like absolute shit. The whole team did. That's why Leslie Frazier left. I have a screenshot from that game still of them playing prevent defense on third and four. (laughs) So I am hoping and praying Leslie Frazier goes to be the Dolphins' D coordinator. I would love to see Josh Allen face him. Christian Wilkins and Jalen Ramsey in the same year because Leslie Frazier is the reason that the Bills haven't at least made it to the Super Bowl that's the reason right there because prevent defense we have to keep playing prevent defense for no fucking reason but come on come on guys I know we've got to start narratives here and we got to change change our tone on things and stuff like that but come on Nine touchdowns, four picks. His defense has more fourth-quarter touchdowns than he does. Like, come on, man. Really? And you're saying he's better than Josh Allen because he beat the Chiefs? Really? And Patrick Mahomes threw two second-half interceptions and were concluding overtime? So is he better than Patrick Mahomes? Was he better at Patrick Mah- than Patrick Mahomes at that time? No. Because we use our brains. It's stupid. I'm not ready for the conversation about Brock Purdy being better than Josh Allen if the 49ers end up winning the Super Bowl. I'm not ready for it. I'm not mentally prepared for that argument because I'm going to lose so many brain cells hearing people try to explain to me why Brock Purdy is better than Josh Allen. And again, I like Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy never beat Iowa. I have zero against Brock Purdy. The Purdy's as a family are 0 5 against Iowa. I have nothing against Brock Purdy. He's a good dude hard and dude. You don't get to where he is right now without extreme hard work. Dude was the last pick in the draft. I have nothing but respect for the guy. His fans are annoying as hell. They are annoying as hell. Every single time he does anything remotely competent as a quarterback, it's, oh, that's a good game manager there. That's a good game manager. And he has sucked the past two first halves in these games, and the 49ers come from behind and win. That is so stupid. And he did well. I don't want to take anything away from this Lions game. He made some very big plays late. He picked up some few, a few first downs with his legs. I believe he had more rushing yards in this game than Lamar Jackson had against the frickin' Chiefs, if I'm remembering correctly. He made some big plays. But then he got stupid shit like the ball that bounced off the defender's face mask from the arm of Brandon Ayuk. Like, what? <laughs> How did that happen? And Stefan Diggs... Can't catch anything. I heard yesterday, Stephon Diggs has eight drops this season. I think it's the fourth most in the NFL. This was first Shannon Sharp. I watched it was him and Chad Ocho Ochocingo or Chad Johnson. They were talking about it. Stephon Diggs complained this offseason about not getting the ball per reports. And then when they give him the ball, he dropped it. He sucked the last half of the year. He did. And somehow he made the Pro Bowl. Like, again, he had less yards than Khalil Shakir on, like, 50 more targets. Like, it's insane. But, hey, you know what? That's how the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. Marcus Valdez-Scantling made a catch like Stephon Diggs against the Buffalo Bills. That's the one that Stephon Diggs dropped. The stupid-ass, to- I hate my neighbors. The ones to the, the west of me, they got these two dickhead dogs that don't stop barking for anything. They're outside right now. I don't know if their ears don't work. Or they have earplugs because this stupid dog has been barking the entire time I've been recording a show. I've been here for about an hour and the dog is still barking outside. I don't get it. I really don't. I don't get it. But man. Niners played well. They came from behind, won the game. The Lions couldn't catch literally anything. Speaking of not catching the ball. Lions couldn't catch shit. <laughs> they were up twenty-four to seven at halftime. And completely blew it. Completely blew it. They had Jameson Williams score a touchdown early in the game. And then that was pretty much it. Turned over on downs. You fumbled the ball, Jameer Gibbs. He had the wrong he had the gate open the wrong way. Then he punted it. Then he turned over on downs again. Then he finally score. But it's too little too late at that point. The Niners can just basically kneel it out. Like it was just a complete and utter collapse. But it couldn't have happened to a more likely team. It really couldn't have. It, was, it had to be the Detroit Lions. It just had to be. It had to be. But fair play to Brock Purdy at the end of that game. Because, again, those runs he di- hit were very nice. Were very good and impactful runs in the late part of the game. Uh, I think one thing Brock Purdy does really well, given his size, he's not much bigger than me, if he is bigger than me. Like, the dude will stand in there and take a shot. That dude will stand in there and get smacked right in the mouth by a defender, and still stand tall and deliver a ball. Now, it won't be a pretty ball, but it'll be in the exact right place so the receiver can go make a play on it. That was exactly what happened in the clip that circulated last week to Jennings. It wasn't a great ball, but it was where it needed to be, and Jennings caught it for a first down. Like, after everything that he does stuff like this, it's like, oh, my God. The game manager. They always got to say game manager, game manager, game manager. Like, did anybody watch the Cam Newton clip or just listen to freaking stupid-ass Jason McIntyre talk about it? Like, Cam Newton did not say anything derogatory towards Brock Purdy. He didn't say anything really wrong. But the title game manager just does not sit well with anybody. So they view it as disrespect. When I don't think Cam was trying to be disrespectful because I watched the clip. It's like a 10-minute clip. I watched the entire freaking thing. I don't think he said anything wrong. I don't think he said anything mean or hurtful towards Brock Purdy. And guess what? I don't really think Brock Purdy gives two shits about what Cam Newton thinks right now, because Brock Purdy is playing in the Super Bowl. I don't think Brock Purdy really cares what everybody thinks. They can think he's freaking Joe Montana. I think those people are a little bit, you know, insane, or Tom Brady, but he's going to a Super Bowl. Or they think he's ass, and he's going to a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. He's going to a Super Bowl. He's playing against Patrick Mahomes. NFC Championship game. Had a number one overall pick, taking on the last pick in the draft. First time ever, I believe. Well, it has to be the first time ever. (laughs) Just a very fun game. Not the way that, you know, the Lions fans wanted. And I wanted to see the Lions in the Super Bowl. For the reasons I mentioned before. But, man, the first half for Brock Purdy... 93 passing yards, 46% completion percentage, one interception, 39 pass rating, negative one rushing yards. Second half, 81% completion percentage, 174 yards passing, one touchdown, 132.8 passer rating, and 49 rushing yards. And we knew he was, we figured anyways that they were going to have a good game throwing the ball because the Lions secondary is ass. We've known this. We said this last week. Like, the Lions secondary is not very good. It's not, it's not. So we were kind of expecting him, you know, to have a good game throughout, but you know, you step up in the second half, that's sometimes all that really matters. You end up coming away with a win. And you look at this Super Bowl between the the freaking Chiefs and Niners, we got a rematch from a few years ago. And I'm sure the Niners are gonna open up as the favorites. But what pisses me off about this game is everybody from each fan base and each team is going to say, man, we were the underdogs. doesn't matter who's actually favorite. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be – I'm pretty sure the 49ers will say it more, and I'm pretty sure that's going to keep hammering down the game manager thing, which is getting old. I'm really tired of hearing about it. I really don't care. <laughs> What's more annoying for people out there? Continuously hearing that, that's really good for game manager. That, man, that's a pretty – he managed game pretty well. Or – for some people out there, Taylor Swift. <laughs> What's more annoying? What's more annoying? Because to me, it's here in the 49ers after every freaking game they win, say, that's pretty good for a game manager. Isn't? It's every player, too. It's like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, uh, Kyle Yuschek said it. Like, It's it's getting a little annoying. Now, I will say this the Niners post game, the celebratory post game stuff, that was a little sad. I It was not as eventful as I thought it would be. You have George Kittle on the freaking stage. He did hit him with the. They had us in the first half. Not gonna lie, which is a good one. But that was it. I'm not gonna lie, I was expected so much more. I was expected so much more from George Kittle in that regard. But you know what? They won. They ended up winning the game. They came from behind and they got the win. But it's gonna be it. It's gonna be an insane Super Bowl. It will be an insane Super Bowl. But I, I'm just not looking forward to it. I'm just really not. I'm not excited for it by any stretch of the imagination. Like I was actually decently excited for last year's. I was actually decently excited for it. I'm like, even back in the day when like the Patriots were dominating everybody, like I would, I would look forward to seeing the Patriots Super Bowl because I was watching Tom Brady play and it was going to be like, Oh, who can knock off the evil Patriots? I went to Super Bowl nine times. <laughs> they won six of them. Like it was always like, yeah, I want to see who beats Tom Brady or who beats the Patriots and all that stuff. But I'm just not – I'm not that into it right now. And that's no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey because they're both great players, but – all-time players. But I just can't – I'm just having a hard time motivating myself. Maybe like, we'll get Brady on again. He'll have his say about the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But I don't – this season kind of sucked. I'm not going to lie. It, it's, not, it's not one of the more fun seasons. The refing sucked. The overall play wasn't very good. A shit ton of quarterback injuries never helps a, a funness factor for a league, but that's what that's what we saw this year. That's really what we saw this year. And, you know, we as we keep going on, like I've seen people this week on national media, like Nick Wright namely, but he's also from Kansas City. He's a Chiefs fan, so you could take however this you want. He's gone on the air and said Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time, which he's not. You have a strong case for getting him top four, but you cannot put him top one. You can't. It's impossible to do this right now. Like, come on. And we're like, the more and more we go on, I mean, we're getting more 15 year olds on Twitter that don't remember watching Tom Brady or don't have any recollection of watching Tom Brady because I don't think you understand how scary this guy was. And I never thought I'd be at a point in my life where I'm defending Tom Brady. Like, my two probably least favorite teams in my life, I'm battling back and forth to say who's the greatest quarterback between them. And it's Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. I don't think Patrick Mahomes will need to go on to win seven Super Bowls to beat Tom Brady for the GOAT category, but we can't start it off seven years in the league. We can't do that. Like, come on. Like, like I said on the other day, like Tom Brady won three Super Bowls before he lost a playoff game. Like, <laughs> like can, we, can we respect that a little bit? And then now we're talking about Tom Brady didn't even have the greatest arm or Tom Brady wasn't even that physically gifted. Tom Brady, quick, insane processor with a hose for an arm. Tom Brady had a very, very, I shouldn't say hose. It's not like Josh Allen's arm or anything. But Tom Brady had a very, very good arm that was consistent in an an altitude in a weather climate like New England. Where you got the wind, the rain, the snow, like all that stuff. And he was consistent every time. Consistent in the playoffs every time. Like I don't think it will take a little bit for me to ever go. Somebody's the greatest, apart from Tom Brady, because unlike the Jordan and LeBron stuff, for some people out there, people my age, we watched Tom Brady. We did. We watched those Patriots teams, and as time goes on, the more and more people associate those Super Bowls with Tom Brady rather than Bill Belichick or the together. It's Tom Brady was the reason for the success in New England, and like this is the only thing. I will compare to Brock Purdy is their work ethic. It's the only thing I'll compare to them, because they don't play the same at all. But their work ethic, Tom Brady was picked 199. Brock Purdy was picked two, whatever, last pick in the draft. Like, it takes a lot of work ethic to get to this point. The NFL is the top 1% of the top 1%. It's the hard one of the hardest leagues to get into. Like 1% of high school athletes will go to college, like big-time college, and 1% of those athletes will go to the NFL. And then even less of a percent of those guys will go on to be starters and stars. Because the average NFL career, I know we think about the Tom Brady's, Mahomes, all these guys of the world, the Manning's. The average NFL career is like three years. Because like I brought up earlier, there's 53 players on a roster, not including practice squad guys. Like there's so many players in the NFL, and that's times 32. Plus the other people that they have during the offseason. because so you have about 100 people in a locker room before the season starts. Or 80. It's 80. You have about 80 people in a roster before the season starts. That's just per season. Like the average NFL career is not a Brady. It's not a Manning. It's not whatever. It's not that. I don't think you understand. Some people I don't think understand how hard it is to get to this point. And I'll respect anybody that gets to this point, especially when they were such a late pick in the draft. Because normally, when you get drafted, or if you're in the later rounds, if you're day three, it is better for you to get not drafted than it is to be drafted. And that's weird to think about. But when you go undrafted, you can choose where you want to go. Tony Romo did the same thing. Went undrafted, he had his choice between the Broncos and Cowboys, he chose the Cowboys. Like he had a choice to go places. You get drafted, you're going to that team. There's no guarantee you make a roster, especially when you've got a top three pick waiting for you on said roster. Tom Brady had blood so Purdy had Trey Lance. And both of them got their opportunities for injuries, and guess what? Neither one of them gave it back. They didn't give a reason to give it back. I know Shanahan talked about getting Tom Brady in there. That's Tom Brady. That's not like he said he was going to go out there and get, I don't know, Marcus Mariota or something. I respect Purdy for doing this, but again, I'm not ready for the Purdy-Josh Allen comparisons when it's not even close there. And I say that as like Brock Purdy's number 20 in the NFL. No, I think Brock Purdy's the top 10 quarterback in the league. But you have to understand, there's a gap between one and two. There's a gap between two and everybody else. It's not just as face value stuff. It's not. It's not that easy. It's deeper than that because the top five guys there's a gap between the top five guys and everybody else like there's gaps in these tops rank, these top rankings it's not just one two like here's one spot below mahomes but yeah there's also <laughs> 10 invisible spots between Mahomes and everybody else because so that's how you got to think about it but I'm not I'm not sitting here and talking about Mahomes being better than Tom Brady I'm not doing that Especially since I don't want to make this comparison, but you see it all over on social media when people talk about who's better quarterback, who won and who lost, and stuff like that. Brady's 2-0 against Mahomes in the playoffs. I don't want to make that comparison, but that's just the fact. I know Mahomes didn't have an off line in that Super Bowl, but hey, if Josh Allen didn't have an off line in that Super Bowl, we know who would be getting the blame when they lost by freaking 40 points. Or 20 points. It was like 32-9 to or something like that. I don't remember what the actual score I know the Chiefs scored 9. I understand why. but, <laughs> Certain quarterbacks aren't afforded that luxury to go buy skate free. And again, I understand my home scouts get in the game and all that stuff, but... Whatever. But Niners Chiefs, Super Bowl, man. Am I more excited for this one than I was the first time? No, because that first one was the COVID year. Right? No, 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 That was the first thing that had fans back, right? Or, right, like a big crowd. Or was that the Bucks one? Was that the Bucs one that had... Which one had the the that wasn't the Rams? That had to be the Chiefs. Bucks, right? Am I am I stupid? I might be stupid. To be the Chiefs, hold up. Let me see what I'm working with here. Because then, who was the next year? Was that okay? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is when. Uh, yeah, so there was a limited number of people in the stands. There was twenty four thousand people in the stands for this game. This is when, just when was the date for this game? February first, twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Yeah, because the Chiefs would have beat the Bills in the AFC Championship game. That yeah, yeah. Okay, so this was a Super Bowl that had like a lot of fans back, like a decent number of fans back, because the COVID year the Bills beat the Patriots, beat the beat the Ravens. In the divisional round, who they beat in the wild card round again? I did this last week and I couldn't remember. Colts. Colts, Ravens, then lost to the Chiefs. So this was a big game. for 31-9 to was the final score here. But that was probably the most excited Super Bowl. And that wasn't even Niners-Chiefs. I don't What was the Niners-Chiefs Super Bowl? What was that one? That was the year before. Eh. No, I don't really remember being that excited for this one either. Excited to watch <laughs> uh just the Chiefs in the Super Bowl was not very something something I really wanted to do so I wasn't too <laughs> too thrilled about it and if Jimmy Garoppolo could hit Emmanuel Sanders maybe we're having a completely different conversation right now but we didn't he didn't so the Chiefs ended up winning score 21 and answer points in the fourth quarter ended up winning the Super Bowl sucked freaking sucked but that's that's whatever that's whatever we'll move on from that Oh, my goodness. Do I have anything else I really, like, a pressing need to talk about today? I wanted to talk about the Senior Bowl a little bit. Talk about the Pro Bowl. Baker Mayfield is going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is replacing Purdy. Mayfield is replacing Dak Prescott. Prescott's hurt. Garner Minshew is replacing Josh Allen or Mahomes, whatever. Um, Geno Smith's replacing Stafford. Stafford's hurt. So the NFC quarterbacks are all gone. So it's much like we had the AFC quarterbacks last year. Jameer Gibbs replaced McCaffrey. CJ Ham replacing Kyle Juszczyk. Amonra St. Brown. he make a Pro Bowl? Huh? Didn't he have like 1,500 yards receiving? <laughs> Again, stupid Pro Bowl. Uh, Replace A.J. Brown. Stephon Diggs. Stupid Pro Bowl. Uh, going in for Amari Cooper. DK Metcalf for Mike Evans. Evan Ingram for Travis Kelsey. Wirfs in for Trent Williams. Kevin Zeitler going in for Joe Tooney. Wyatt Teller for Joel Batonio, so it's just a Browns replacement. Ryan in for Creed Humphrey. let us I'm just going to look at the ones that, are actually, that I actually care about. I don't think there's going to be a lot of them that I really care about anymore. Yeah, there's none that I really care about. <laughs> oh, Jermaine Johnson made a pro bowl. Rookie, or not rookie, drafted last year from the Jets. First round draft pick. Went a lot later than what was expected. And then we'll talk about Let's talk about the Senior Bowl on on Friday. Let's talk about the Senior Bowl Friday. I think that's the best time to do that. So I want to talk about the Senior Bowl, but I'm I think we're just going to delay it. I'm just going to delay it because I'm tired, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll bring it up later. We'll bring it up later. But I do hope you enjoyed the show. If you did not, I'm still apologize Try to be better next time. Make sure to follow the Logan Blackman Show in every single form of social media, and make sure to follow and subscribe to the Apple Podcasts, Spotify accounts. I've been Logan Blackman. I will see you all later. Peace.